0: Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to the John DePedro Show.
1: Well folks, right now at 106. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePetro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is Depetro.com This portion of the John DePetro show. Folks, it's brought to you by the Lodge Eatery. Now listen, it's Friday. It's actually a beautiful what my goodness. Talk about God is good. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon. Uh, We're right on the cusp of the Columbus Day weekend. And maybe right now, you just got in the car and you're riding along on Route 146. You know, you realize how lucky you are. You could soon very quickly be at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakdown Hill Road in Lincoln. They're going to have a big weekend, whether you're sitting out on the deck or whether you're inside in the lounge or in the dining room. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 breakneck hill road in for um, 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln all right last night i want to play we're going to play some sound ye the artist formerly known as kanye west was on with tucker carlson and it got huge numbers and i guess tonight is part two i want to play this is part one part of it tucker carlson with kanye west in last night celebrated
2: and very highly paid fashion designer And, of course, for a decade, he was well-known to TV audiences as an in-law of the Kardashian family. But it's West's latest incarnation as a kind of Christian evangelist that brought us to his office in Los Angeles today for the interview you're about to see. Days ago, during Fashion Week in Paris, West, accompanied by his friend Candace Owens, unveiled a T-shirt that read simply, White Lives Matter. The response from the fashion industry and international media was instantaneous and uniform. Shock, horror, rage. There is no excuse for this, thundered the New York Times. West is legitimizing extremism, shrieked Rolling Stone, etc., etc. What was strikingly missing from the coverage, however, was any explanation for why West did this. What was the t-shirt about? No one seemed to think to ask him, much less to listen to what he had to say. Instead, the enemies of his ideas dismissed West, as they have for years, as mentally ill. Too crazy to take seriously. Look away! Ignore him! He's a mental patient, there's nothing to see here. But is West crazy? You can judge for yourself, as you watch what we're about to show you. He has his own ideas, we can say that. Creative people tend to, that's why they're artists, not actuaries. His freeform social media posts give the impression of a man channeling his rawest emotions right onto Instagram. The effect can be jarring, and is often used as ammunition against him in the battle for influence over the minds of America's young people, and that battle is intense. But crazy? That was not our conclusion. In fact, we've rarely heard a man speak so honestly and so movingly about what he believes. But again, you can judge for yourself. Here it is. So you just came from Paris Fashion Week, you just landed, and the lanyard's still on from it, and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is, and that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, It just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge.
3: What what kind of response do you get? And and, and I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's response to that. I perform for our audience of one and that's God. I'm, I'm starting to see why they wanted me to make you be quiet. Um,
2: how, when did you start to feel this way? When did you start to realize
3: this? I, I really felt like I think I started to really feel this need to express myself on another level. When Trump was running for office and I liked him yes. and every single person in Hollywood from my ex-wife to my mother-in-law to my manager at that time to, you know, my, my so-called friends slash handlers around me told me like if I said that I like Trump, that my career would be over, that my life would be over. Uh, they said stuff like people get killed for wearing a hat like that. They threaten my life. They put my life. They basically said that I would be killed. Uh, for uh, wearing a hat. I had someone call me last night and said, anybody wearing a White Lives Matter shirt is gonna be green lit, and that means that they're gonna beat them up if they wear it. And I'm like, you know, okay, green light me then. You You know, God builds warriors in a different way. I don't know if it's because of me being born in Atlanta, And growing up on the south side of chicago that you know he made me for such a such a time like this it's like with david you know he tended to the sheep but while he was out there he had to fight all kinds of animals so when it was time for goliath to come he thought because he was a sheep herder that he didn't have the skill set to take down goliath and the thing that i have is the position i have my heart but the number one thing is we have god on our side and for the people even if you don't believe in god god believes in you so you made reference to the white lives matter
2: Mm t-shirt which you brought out at paris fashion week Why, why did you do that
3: and what did it mean you know i did i do certain things from a feeling i like i just i just channel the energy it just feels right it's using a gut instinct a connection with god and just brilliance, you know. Like, as if you ask like Tanya Harding, how she did the the triple flip or the triple spin, yeah. she was in so much practice that when it was time for her to skate in a in a, comp, in a competitive format, it just happened. Like, it happened outside of practice; it happened in the real format. And that's what hap- That's what's happening. Is God is like preparing us for the real. For the real battles, and we are we are in a battle with the media. Like the majority of the media has a, a godless agenda, and the jokes are not work. And this whole like oh yeah it's crazy and all these things they don't work because the media has you know they've also watched travesties happen, just even specifically to me, and just watch it and act like it wasn't happening, and they stay quiet about. It. Uh, What is it? I want to answer the the white. I I feel like someone caught what I was saying, the comparison of Tanya Harden about the the white lives matter. You know, my dad is an educated um, ex-Black Panther, and he put a text to me today. He said, white lives matter, ha, 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 ha. And I said, I thought the shirt was a funny shirt. I thought the idea of me wearing it was funny. And I said, Dad, what do you think it was funny? He said, just just a black man stating the obvious. And, you know, my dad doesn't listen to rap music and he's like super educated. We, We opened up a water distribution center in the Dominican Republic together. He's like the original Steve Jobs, but he was getting blocked every which way with all of his ideas. And he didn't have uh, an endless bank account and he didn't have an Instagram. So all these ideas, he had to like, take them back and compress them. Like my dad is the most brilliant person that I know. And we actually have a strained relationship because I was taken from him. Because my mom was an actress, so she was a liberal. And my dad would see certain things and say, you know, we should do it this way. We should do it that way. And the people got around my mom and pulled her away. Much like, you know, Kim is a Christian, but she has people who want her to go to Interview Magazine and put her ass out. While she's a 40-something-year-old multi-billionaire with four black children. And this is what, how fashion wants to, uh, how they want to present her. So I know you give these um, you give these questions, and I give you like these three part answers. Is this a cool format for you? Yeah, I love it. On. Okay, cool. And I am following it. All right. So you
2: said um, that your father said when he saw the shirt, "White Lives Matter." It's great to see a black man stating the obvious. So by which I think you meant that's obviously true.
3: Yeah, that my favorite response because I kept on thinking like you know, people they're looking for a, an explanation, and people say, "Well, as an artist." You don't have to give an explanation, but as a leader, you do.
2: Yes, I think that's right.
3: So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing.
2: Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Kanye West, now known as Ye, is one of the best-selling musical artists in the world. He's also in recent years becoming celebrated and very highly
1: paid. So, folks, again, good afternoon it's John DePietro. So that is part one. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was part one. They're going to have part two tonight. And like everyone else, uh, there's a lot there. He doesn't shy away from things. Some people, he and Candace Owens wearing the, you know, the gut instinct. Um, I, I'm not sure. He had some other comments, by the way. He had some other com- comments. I want to play. Um, this is where he's talking about uh, Jared Kushner. Let me just play some of this. Uh, Kanye West last when night. I, I think talked about out.
3: all of these things that Jared, you know, somehow doesn't get enough credit for with his work. And what is it? His work in Israel or his work in what? What is this? You know where he made these peace treaties. Where was that? Do you know the facts on this right here? Well,
2: I think it was between Israel and and some of the Arab nations. I just think it was to make money.
1: When I think about... I I don't know what about that. Um, I think, listen, I think it's an interesting factor. I'm also, I'd like to see the numbers that come out. Tucker's numbers have kind of been slipping a little bit. Um, Tucker's numbers have been... The... Numbers for Tucker Carlson have been slipping a little bit. You know what's interesting is the, the hottest show. Folks, good afternoon at 117. You're listening to the John DePetro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. The show that's doing incredibly well, a big star right now at Fox is Greg, Greg Gutfeld. Because he's on The Five. And The Five is the highest rated show on Fox. I saw some numbers last week. The highest show was the five. I think Tucker was barely number two because Jesse Waters was breathing down his neck. Jesse Waters got higher numbers than both Hannity and Laura Ingram. Now you could also you could also argue that that maybe by the time you get around to Hannity or, or Laura Ingram, that you know that there's already been a People have kind of already gotten their news a little bit. I don't know how many people are still watching. Um, you know, if you watch beginning to end, if you start watching Jesse Waters at 7, and then you just watch it through to 11, maybe midnight with um, with Gutfeld, there's definitely some redundancy there. Definitely some redundancy, but there's there's a lot of places. I I, I was talking to someone that said when they were in F- Florida, they were in a business where they literally were either delivering something door to door or something like that, and um, and they they said that um, like every house you go into has Fox News on <laughs> without fail. These people that are just retired, they just they just leave it on all day. No matter what time of day, whatever. I mean, it is—it's such number one by a mile. You know who else is is pitching a lot on on uh, Fox News is when I I'll have it on in the background. Mike Mike uh, Mike Huckabee, the former governor. He's he's doing like he's doing a lot of ads. He's all over Fox News, and I mean, like I think there were like three ads back to back to back, where then he was in fact the person that was a. Uh, pitching it folks good afternoon at 120 i want to play we'll dip in just a little bit newsmakers tim white ted nisi i think they're fleming on oh and cara cromwell they go with a she's she a republican or democrat i don't remember For some reason i think a democrat but i'm not sure but they break down their recent poll and then uh the, the boston globe poll is coming out next week But let me dip in a little bit. I want to hear some of their thoughts. Now, Tuesday night, they are hosting the debate between Governor McKee and Ashley Kalis. We're going to have to wait till the end of, I think we have to wait till November for Geno's on Channel 10. That should be good. But here is, I want to dip in a little bit. This is on Newsmakers. To
4: get a t shirt, down. All right. I, I do. Normally, we would start with the governor's race, right? But the big headline out of this poll clearly was the race to replace Jim Langevin. Let's bring up the, the full results on those once again. As you can see, our poll shows that if the election were held today, 46% of likely voters would choose Republican Alan Fung. 40% say Democrat Seth Magaziner. 4% say independent William Gilbert, who will appear on your ballot as a moderate. 9% say they aren't sure. The poll comes with a margin of error of 6.2% in this second congressional district. That margin of error changes when we talk about the governor's race. And, Joe, because Fung's lead is within that margin right. of error,
5: it's a dead heat. It, it technically is a dead heat, but if I'm Alan Fung, I'm happy. I'm showing I'm up by six points. When the Globe did the poll back in June or July, he was up by six to seven points then also. So, basically, this race has not changed in seven months or six months. You know, everything's about the same. So even though it's within the margin of error, Alan Fung is in a stronger position at this time. And
0: think about what's happened in those three months. I mean, we've had I think we've had north of a million dollars now spent between outside groups and the campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Globe poll was taken before the Dobbs decision, which we know has had a major right. decision nationally on that. And yet, we're in, I mean, not only is it still a six-point race, it's one point different for each candidate than that Globe poll in June. So you know, these. that's only two polls. Things might have shifted under the hood in that time, but it is it's very static for such a big race.
6: And, and polls like this one, public polls, are really important for momentum for the campaigns, because then they can go out and fundraise off of them. And that's going to be the primary tool for both campaigns here. Alan's going to say, look, I'm in the lead. And, and Seth Magazine
4: is, is says, going to we need
6: your help. We need your right, help.
4: Right, yeah. um, so the thing that jumped off the page, I know for you, Joe, it, oh, it, yeah. it, I, I'm guessing for the rest of the table as well, is when you look at what we like to call the cross tabs, the subgroups, where you right. break down male female, all that. Nearly 25% of Democrats say they are voting for Alan Fung. That's pretty high, right? That's, I
5: mean, That's very high for a Republican in the state of Rhode Island. Republicans usually do well with Republicans and independent voters. They usually don't do well with Democratic voters. If Alan Funk can keep that nearly 25% of the Democratic vote, he's going to be in a very strong position. However, I've, over the years looking at politics in Rhode Island, Democrats and Republicans both tend to come home towards the end of the campaign. So that happens if Seth Magazine can make a case for the Democrats to come over to his side. That will bring Alan Funk's number down. And at that point, he has to do a lot better among independent voters. So the next four weeks are going to be crucial. I would expect the magazine of campaign focusing on Democrats, focusing on the abortion issue, really trying to get the Democrats to come back to his support. I mean, he's getting 63%, but he's going to be up around 80% of the Democratic vote. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, I've talked to some Democrats who who are starting to question this idea of trying to turn Alan Fung into Donald Trump as you're kind of seeing some of these ads. You know, yes, of course, Alan Fung has said he's going to vote, he told you, Tim, for Kevin McCarthy for Speaker, and he is a Republican. But at the same time, Alan Fung's been on the Seen so long, I think there's increasing skepticism. You can make him a villain, and a lot of people. Even think, from big-time Democrats, Steny Hoyer, Jim Landry, right? right. not favors so to that Right. And they,
6: and, Alan you know. Fung was a Democrat.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah, he, he was. So I, mean,
6: right. so I think it doesn't ring true. And I think you know, to your point, uh, Magaziner's challenge is going to be bringing the Democrats home without repelling independents, which is you know he really and needs to turn out independents.
5: Keep this in mind: four years ago, when we were pulling the governor's race, Alan Fung had a favorability of over 50 percent or about 50 percent so people like him he comes across as a nice guy and that could be a part of the reason why he's picking up these democratic votes also in cranston when every time you got ran in cranston he did well among democrats and especially after he was in office his numbers were very big among democratic voters so you know,
0: and i we heard, as you said, Tim, from a lot of panicked Democrats and liberals, not just here, but around the country, yeah. who I don't think had woken up to the fact that, you know, if this is a one-seat majority for the Republicans, Rhode Island could be the reason.
4: But then, then why did the GOP know it? Because, as you pointed out, there's been a lot of independent expenditure in this state, something we really haven't seen before, as, as you know, because you've right. worked on these campaigns. I mean, what did the, the National <gasps> Republicans
0: dump in? A million dollars? Yeah, the um, and that's only... so. They, they could it. put more. In. Well, and to be clear, there are plenty of Democrats who have seen it, but I think there's a lot of others who just sort of watch at a high level all the races nationally. And when they saw this headline that a poll out of Rhode Island in October shows Republicans up six points in New England, one person said to me, if Alan Fung wins, he doubles the number of Republicans in Congress from New England. That's how weak Republicans it's have a gotten. He
6: win here. for Republicans if they were to win this seat. And he's a minority from New England. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got the right uh, Republican roots. It's not like we're picking up another seat in Alabama. Blue, it's something Blue for Rhode them Island to like. a
4: battleground state all a well, sudden? Well, it's just something you know? for the...
6: If, if we can win there, we can win anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see it's the, it's kind of the head on the stick. And idea, you saw, I thought
0: like, it was you know? interesting. You know, Charlie Baker, uh, who's outgoing now Massachusetts governor, he did a Boston fundraiser for Alan Fung because I think, uh, and I, I had people say to me, Baker doesn't like Trump. Why is he supporting Alan Fung? And my sense from talking to people around Baker is he sees. Any, any strengthening of the moderate Republican wing that's been so weakened in recent years as a positive, and they see Alan Fung as a great example of that. If, 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 if Republicans who are more moderate can get him into Congress, they hope that maybe you can build off of that.
5: And if you could, if you could keep that moderate image up, that that's going to help him greatly four weeks from now,
0: no question. You know, we talked about the uh, independent
4: expenditures uh, in this race, and uh, the National Republicans have this attack ad on Seth Magaziner. So I want to just play a short
2: clip of it, and then we'll we'll sort of break it down. Here it is. We need Seth Magaziner.
7: He's supported a tax break for my luxurious new.
2: Good money that builds out my ski resort. <sighs>
4: All right, so this is an attack ad uh, against Seth Magaziner. Again, independ- this is not a fun campaign ad, but it's an independent, what we call an IE, an independent expenditure. First of all, I just, my eye is... <laughs> Your this, television
0: I, eye on this. You my television this eye
4: on this is anytime they say Magaziner's name, they're never on, the actors are never on camera. So it suggests to me that this is what we, we call a template ad, where you, this ad might be playing in other, the national Republicans might be using this ad in other parts of the country, and they just swap in and out the name of the Democrat and and different races. I mean, because there's obviously a high production value there. That's not a cheap ad. You have all the actors and all that. The question is, whether it's a template ad or not, does it work in Rhode Island? Is this an ad that is effective? Well,
6: I mean, I honestly think, I thought it was funny. We're laughing about it, right? So it's memorable. That's number one. I think the other piece is that it's going to something that Rhode Islanders really care about, which we're seeing in the poll, which is the high cost of living. And and who's uh, responsible for that? You know, Democrats in Washington are going to get blamed for all of the ills right now, whether it's the price of gas or all of the bad things because they're in leadership, and they're going to wipe that on magazine
4: for this race. But, but isn't the seventy-five hundred dollars tax break they're talking about the front the electric vehicle tax break, which is something that would be yeah, very the popular. Tax,
0: all those attacks are off Joe Manchin's inflation law um, because it's you know using. But look, I've, I've looked at it. They, You know, there is a, a tax breakdown that shows uh, there would be some you know pass through tax increases for people making under seventy-five thousand dollars. But yeah, I think the question is is that you know Joe pointed out to me that. He said, being rich has not historically been a deal breaker with Rhode
5: Island voters. No, Clay One the <laughs> Sheldon Whitehouse, I mean, Bruce Sundland, they've elected people that have been very rich. I wonder if they could have done an ad focusing more on um, Magazine and saying, I want to stop stock trades for the Congress, yet one of Rhode Island delegations make stock trades, set Magazine that doesn't criticize them. He's talking on both sides of his mouth.
1: You know, that is exactly right. Again, folks, good afternoon at 129. Couple things about that. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. That is a Newsmakers' discussion. I'm going to go back to it. I thought it was good. But something that jumped out at me is the reaction among Democrats towards President Trump. It's, it's impossible to shake. When Ted Nisi said that Governor Baker had a fundraiser for Alan Fung, and people said, like they were all upset. But yeah, but 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 Baker hates Trump. What what about but but what what like what are you talking about? He didn't have one for President Trump. He had one for Alan Fung. I I never saw Alan Fung as a as a big Trump person. Um so what, so he went to the inaugural? Gina you know, well, Ramundo was the only one that didn't go to the inaugural. Jack Reed was at the inaugural. David Cicilline was at the inaugural. This attitude from Democrats of, oh, you, you, you can't, nope, no, he can't do that. He can't do that because, oh, no, Baker can't do that because Baker hates, like, they come up with, like, these so-called rules. They're so juvenile. They're such zeros. Oh, I can't believe Baker did that. Baker hates Trump. Why? Because Fung was at the inaugural in Washington. It was cold out. He didn't have a winter hat on. What type of merchandise do you think they were selling that? They make such, they're so ignorant. They make such a huge deal. Because a Rhode Island vendor handed Mayor Fung, who was mayor at the time, a Trump winter hat. And then snapped a photo of him. And, and to them, that is the equivalent of a high crime and misdemeanor. It's so pathetic. Ridiculous. They how Baker can't do a fundraiser? Blah, blah, blah. That's like these people trying to tell me that everyone from Rhode Island hates Ron DeSantis. That, that is a joke. What are you talking about? People in Rhode Island and Matt, they love Florida. Yeah, but they don't like that. How do you know that? Who visits a state and says, you know, I don't like the governor of this place. When people go skiing in New Hampshire, do they even know who the governor of New Hampshire is? Don't they just say, hey, I had a good time skiing in New Hampshire. It's falsehoods. God, they're so paranoid over anything that resembles President Trump. Baker can't do that. Baker hates Trump. Trump. He can't throw a fundraiser for Fung. Well, he did. They get along. Fung is in the lead. Magaziner, can, can we just say he's a terrible candidate? He is an entitled candidate. He's an entitled individual. His father was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. He's not as likable. Let me play a little more of this, because I do want to hear when they discuss the governor's race.
5: That would be the added. And it could be a lot more effective. Yeah, that wasn't interesting.
0: You know, we had the report on Monday night that uh, Jim Langevin's been aggressively stock trading, which Seth Magaziner's been on the air about. And Seth Magaziner, I've asked multiple times, will not touch Jim Langevin's, which, of course, dilutes how much he claims he cares about that, because as soon as it's a Democrat or it could hurt someone... He needs the yes. help of. He won't say boo. <laughs> okay, but do you
4: see Alan Fung criticizing Jim Langevin? No. Say, so I guess where my brain went when you started to bring right. that up is, oh Ted and I will be moderating a debate <laughs> in a couple of weeks, and that may or may not come up uh, well, as part up. of the questioning uh, there. And how will each of the candidates well, handle Langevin that? Because will any candidate want to attack Congressman Langevin on this?
7: No. Issue. You, you may not
5: want to attack, but do He's you want to be a, a p- congressman? yeah you know that could be more effective i mean if fung mentions it and maybe tim landon won't like it but he's already supporting seth magaziner you know you want to build your base to get the votes you need i mean i wouldn't touch that <laughs> you, why not well, you...
6: yeah I, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. i mean congressman landon has served this district well for a long time he, 22 years. 22 years um you know he has uh in the circumstances of him becoming disabled, right? Oh were
1: God! Enough of that. And I
6: think that's uh, has a lot He's to a do thief. with his, um, you know, financial situation. What? And I would I would never touch that.
0: Exactly. That's why some oh. others in the delegation, oh, uh, so
1: therefore, he can illegal trade
0: or go on TV because they knew Langevin right. had his vulnerability, and they said it's naturally going to be the follow up question. Is right. like, well, if you're so against, how did you do it? They, they oh, let him
1: break it, the it, law. He's in it, a wheelchair. When I go back.
6: To your template ad, and I agree that it's a template ad. Those issues are polling well around the country, so you're putting out a template ad, and you're hoping it raises something with independence in Rhode Island. I mean, if I'm the person who's paying for that, I'm not looking to, you know, oh well, the EV She's thing. Democrat. Well said Democrats. Uh, well, I don't worry
4: they about. didn't. They didn't ca- uh, couch it as an EV thing. She brought up independence. You touched on it earlier. Yep. Um, I just I want to expand on it a little bit more. Again, um, go to have, the governor's we're race. We're going to talk teams. about this when we discuss the governor's race, the Republican does well with independents in Rhode Island. Does that mean and have you seen that Rhode Island, quote unquote, independents are really conservative voters? Well, they
5: have to be because otherwise Republicans only represent 14% of the vote. So for Republicans to move up, they have to get a lot of independent voters. So a lot of Republicans around tend to lean Republican. Not all of them, but a good number of them. So, I mean, I think the independents around are more conservative, but there's enough of independents that vote Democrat.
4: What, what is the uh, spread of the spread
0: independence is, here in the this CD2 race? Um, I don't have... Oh, I haven't. Uh, against you. Magaziner,
5: is yeah. eleven points.
0: Yeah, forty-seven right. percent of independents in our poll are supporting Fung. Right. Thirty-six percent right. of Magaziner. We should say, Joe and I would say, the crosstabs get pretty small in a in a smaller sample right. yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't read too much and, in it.
5: And eleven points is not a lot. However, if you're getting twenty-five percent of the Democratic vote, yeah. the eleven percent works. But if the Democrat number goes down. Uh, Alan Fung has to move those independent numbers up. And sometimes I think of Rhode Island independents, not all of them.
0: There's some independents who just say independent and probably vote straight democratic every time. But I think there's also a lot of independents around who I think of them less as Pro Republican and more as anti Democrat, they get frustrated with the status quo around, which is inevitably a Democratic status quo, and that might lead them to go for Republicans. But maybe Democrats can pick them up sometimes if they have the right kind of messaging. Um, but I don't think of those people as a happy with the status quo group.
6: I, and I think they're ticket splitters, right? I think they're going Jack Reed, and then they're looking at a Republican governor. You know, they're kind of going back and forth. Um,
5: but as I Fifty four percent of them think the state's moving in the wrong direction. They are strongly. Against against landing. All right, well, look, we'll
4: get to all that, Joe. You're jumping ahead, all right? we uh, And we actually have to go to a break, but before we do, Carrie, we will be pivoting to the governor's race in, uh, when we come back uh, from the break. But uh, you and I were talking to us before the show. Uh, the turnout in CD2 may help Republican gubernatorial candidate Ashley Kalis, right? Yeah,
6: absolutely. I mean, I, the more national money and the more point. effort that Alan Fung puts into turning yep. out Republicans, voters. Uh, CD2 is more heavily Republican, Mm -hmm. more heavily conservative, maybe more conservative independence. That will absolutely drive up her number. Mm -hmm.
0: Just to put a period on the end of the CD2 conversation, you know, David Wasserman, who tracks House Results across the country from the Cook political report, found our polling interesting but he said 46 percent he said getting that last couple points Mm -hmm. that alan fung is going to need is going to be a challenge because we saw. he's i think he said fung got 47 or 48 when you split the two-party vote with gina raimondo take out the third party candidates so clearly alan fung has a good strong plurality but if a lot of those undecideds are wavering and sith magazine brings them back because we know a lot of these people have probably voted for jim langevin before so they will vote for a democrat that's the challenge for alan fung now 9%
4: undecided. Where are those going to go? It's a great question. All right, we're going to take a break here on Newsmakers. As I said, when we come back, we're going to take a look at the numbers in the governor's race. Stay with us. You're watching Newsmakers. From local news, your
8: local election headquarters.
4: This is newsmaker All right, I want
1: to hear this part two about the governor. You're listening you. to the John Podesta Show
4: alongside Ted Nisi, a political roundtable. All right, Joe Fleming,
1: Kara Cromwell. I just want to hear what they say about Matee. That's interesting about and Ashley and Kalis. Fung and boosts and her turnout in CD two.
4: Has a Here we go. Advantage over Republican Ashley Kalis uh, in this race. We. Asked if the election were held today, who would you vote for? 45% of likely voters choose McKee. Kalis gets 32%. Independents, Paul Rihanna, Zachary Hurwitz, and Elijah Gizzarelli all in the low single digits. This has a larger undecided amount than in the uh, CD2 race we spent the first half of the program on. 15% of voters say they aren't sure. To the table, is this race McKee's to lose?
0: Oh, I I think so. Yeah. I mean, look, he's the incumbent. He's a Democrat in Rhode Island. (laughs) That's the reason everyone's so surprised with Alan Funk, because Democrats usually win uh, statewide and federal races in Rhode Island. I wouldn't write off Kayla's yet. She has a month, as Joe has said. There's a lot of undecided. She's only down in the teens, but I, I was struck, Tim, Ashley Kalis gets 32%. On a different poll question, we did an early test of Biden versus Trump. Trump got 32%. We, we might have that graphic, as Ted talks
4: about yeah, it. If so you have it,
0: the Trump-Biden uh, graphic, you can bring that up. Yeah, so my point just being, you look there, you have a former Republican president, who I think we can all agree has, has some scars, Donald mm-hmm. Trump at this point. He gets 32% Rhode Island. Same poll, same university voters. Ashley Kalis gets 32 So she, she doesn't seem despite there it is uh, with our early look at the next, potentially next presidential race. My point just being, after all the money she's spent, uh, Kalis hasn't really gotten far past a sort of generic Republican candidate in Donald Trump, where someone like a Charlie Baker has had to win over plenty of people past the presidential vote for a Republican. I
6: doubt that's and I, I, I don't doubt your numbers, of course, but I doubt it's the same 32%, right? I mean, there's a lot of uh, Donald Trump this name ID, and that's exactly what she doesn't have. Um, if you look at the numbers of people who don't know who she is and are still open to looking at her, which I would call that, you know, that undecided universe, it's absolutely Dan
5: McKee's to... to lose, but I think he could. But keep in mind, six months ago, she was at zero percent name recognition. So she got her name recognition up some, uh, probably like 60, 65 percent. But she got her base vote up to 32%. So she can't move it up more. Alan Funger, 37% against Gina four years ago. So the question is, can't she keep this number moving? She has to get it up in the 40s. Uh, it's a long way to go. You're down to four weeks. However, she's only eight points behind among males. She's only five points behind among uh, middle-aged voters. She's winning the key group of independents, 42 to 29. Again, all these groups she has to expand. Republicans, she's only getting 66%. But they're not going to key so much. They're sort of undecided. So she going win those over so our group says she can move the question is can she move enough of them in the next four weeks but as we've learned and, I,
0: and i'm glad
4: alex thank you for bringing up the favorability numbers for ashley kalis here just to to your point uh that you made there so we have 33 uh favorable opinion of uh likely democratic uh, excuse me likely voters that was the last poll 32 percent unfavorable but 35
0: really don't know who Ashley right. Kalis is But that number was, as you say, six months ago, was 0%. But the problem is, as Dan McKee taught us in the primary, the election is when the election is. (laughs) You don't get as long as you need to get your name ID up, right? You know, she's now in mid-October with a third of the electorate not knowing her. And as we learned in the primary, it's not four weeks. Dan McKee won because of all the voters he baked voting, in right? yeah. in early voting, now, and that Dallas. starts within a couple of weeks. Right. So I, again, I don't want people to misread me. I'm not writing off the Kayla's campaign. I'm just saying that time really does well, grow short.
6: I think money matters. I don't know how what she's willing to put in in the last few weeks to crank up, you know, her name ID, and also highlight any mistakes the governor makes along the way or has made. If you know, and I, I'm not advising any campaign, obviously, but I, you know, if I'm Uh, Governor McKee, I'm going to do my job for the next four weeks and continue to kind of build that I'm the governor idea. Okay,
4: he's going to do his job and, um, you know, uh, that comes with the position of being an incumbent. That has helped him no doubt, but the other thing he's going to have in the coming weeks are debates. He's going to yeah. have multiple right. debates. Here, are Dan McKee's favorability numbers: forty-five percent favorable, thirty-six percent unfavorable, nineteen percent aren't sure. Those are those are good numbers, uh, obviously for for Dan McKee. More people have a favorable opinion of him but in debates that's i think where Helena Folks in the primary was able to make some serious
0: Do you think though, Joe and Kara I'm curious how you read yes he took over halfway but he has been governor nearly 2 years now you're in a half now mm-hmm. do you find that 19% no opinion on Dan McKee yet unusual for a sitting governor with that length of time I
6: think it's apathy right yeah. now just general apathy or they don't really feel like talking you
8: know,
6: <laughs> talking <laughs> yeah. about their did opinion, right? Like, a, a little
4: bit of that, maybe? Well, you yeah. spotted that um, to me in the, in the the Trump question. It was a high, didn't, well, not not i I'm not sure, but a high, refu- relatively right. high, 5% right. refuse, right. which is higher than any of the other right. questions. And it does make you wonder if, uh, in that question, if that's people who don't want to say. Yeah. yeah, look, I mean, I think we can, well, you we know, don't, it's we they don't don't
0: we're say, like, lucky but, you do have the best pollster in Rhode Island, Joe Fleming, doing these, but Joe's the first to admit polling's gotten harder, harder to get people on the phone, more complex with the cell phone landline mix, and we know from the national polls experience, and granted it hasn't been as big a problem in blue states, the, the types of voters who've been attracted to Donald Trump have been, it seems, less likely to pick up the phone, less likely to answer questions. True. So, uh, you know, we always want to have that caveat in mind, but there's also some, some people wonder if that's more of a Donald Trump election effect, whereas here, what where we're really asking Rhode Island questions, for the most part. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, we're getting closer to the true feelings of the voters. All right, All right let's look at the
4: uh, soccer stadium uh, question that we asked. Which we right, we also I just want to hear this. this. The primary, and Correct. it was Good afternoon, you're to the John uh, in DiPietro the primary shot. as well, but in the general election, 1380. Uh, 99. 99. I, think I think you told me it's sinking now. It's not point. even a soccer 56% of likely voters oppose public funding for the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium known as Tidewater Landing. 31% favor it, 12% Low tide. Look, Governor McKee cast a tie-breaking yep. vote on this owns in, uh, with the Commerce Board. Yep. Uh, so he is the one that, that pushed it right. forward. The question is, in this campaign with about four weeks to go, will it be an albatross around his neck, or it is it be. not really the issue that people are, that's going to make people flip?
5: It, it could be the issue that makes people flip. I mean, it was underwater in the primary, but now we had an indep- independent, so don't vote in the primary. I mean, no subgroup likes it. No not a su- single... Not even Democrats don't like it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if actually, Kalis takes this and builds a commercial just around this one issue, she could possibly move some votes, especially independent voters. 64% of them don't like it. Yeah. So I mean there's a the group you can move and that's what she asked. But males, 59%. Two groups she needs to move. This I could completely
6: help. agree with Joe. I mean, I'm not again, not giving any advice, but if this is something she wanted to put forward, she could make some hay with
5: it. I just there's also the there's
0: always the intensity question. So we know voters right. don't like this uh project, but is that something that's gonna that's that's make them my decide
3: question. in the polls? Right. I mean I agree. You know, because you
0: what? know we you know you'd look at Gina Raimundo's numbers sometimes and say this this person is never gonna win an election, right? She's got the bad the job approval. It another way but she had certain things people liked and the things they didn't like weren't what they decided for
4: the voter that uh post dobbs you know uh where abortion is really key right. and yet they hate the soccer stadium
5: are they really going to vote for ashley calis well that's the question right? i think, I think the abortion question overrides the tidewater landing question yeah no question about that and i think people will vote based on this abortion. I'm not sure if this will be the one issue that will get a lot of voters to move. But again, you're looking at getting blocks of four or 5% at a time. This may move three or four or 5%
8: of the voters.
6: I'm just not sure on the abortion issue if those people are already with Dan McKee anyway. Mm. If that's your number one issue, if you're really considering Kayla. I also, I think they're appearing in your poll, not in the Kayla's or the undecided column Yeah,
4: I guess Probably I'm just decide. talking about, yes, I agree but with that. that but you are, can you flip anybody when you, I mean, because Kalis That's would have, That's a very good point. not
0: only drop uh, undecided, but from the I think that goes to vulnerability the vulnerability Kalis has that Fung doesn't. Kalis is affirmatively pro-life. She says she would not have signed the right. reproductive... The Privacy Act of 2019, she says she'd veto the budget if this new push to fund abortions through Medicaid and the state employee health insurance plan. Those are clearly uh, more on the anti-abortion but side no of things. But, but that's a liability for Fung. The Democrats are, they have a much tougher time with it. Fung is right. pro-choice. He sometimes is very garbled in how he says it. But if you listen to his actual promises, he says he'll vote for the Susan Collins abortion rights bill if he's in Congress. Now, he won't vote for the maximum of what Democrats want, which is what he's getting attacked on. But Kalis is is further right on a abortion than Fung, and I do think that's an important difference.
4: Yeah, but the the message that the Democrats are saying on that is it's not about Fung himself. It's it's the vote that it could be, you know, supporting the party,
0: making the Republicans a majority party will have sure. this effect. And right? Democrats can say anything they want. Yeah. The <laughs> fact is the facts. <laughs> <next. laughs> both parties the, do. The, the is, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, they're attacking them both on abortion. But actually, Kalis can't come back and say, wrong, I'm pro-choice, I will do this thing for abortion rights, etc. All she can say is, I promise not to change anything as long as the Democratic legislature, whereas Fung can say, wait a minute, you know, I I, I will vote for the Susan Collins bill. So I'm just saying it's a, there's a distinction there.
6: Yeah, yeah, I just don't think it's the top issue right now in in terms of uh, Rhode Island voters. Right, well, free. we know it's not. We, we
0: know it's not, right? We know no, cost You're of full. living right. is clearly... So top if
6: issue. she's talking to that, yeah, then maybe she's going to get a little bit more again, making some hay. Yeah. Um, on that issue. Cost to may
5: be the top issue, but abortion is the issue people will make that decision on a lot but of they've times. have already even decided. It's not one. I'm concerned about cost of living, but if this person's not pro-choice, I can't vote for them. Yeah. There's a difference. All
4: right. Well, we have a big week next week. Uh, pivoting back to the All right, folks. Again,
1: Um good afternoon. I know that was pretty lengthy, but I think it was worth it. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's saying 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, right now, it's 148. It's Friday. And I want to wish everyone a very happy and safe Oktoberfest. Uh, sounds like the weather is just going to be spectacular over the next couple of days. And then that debate is coming up on Tuesday night, where it will be Governor McKee and Ashley Kalis. So the, the Channel 10 debate with Governor McKee, he did very poorly. And that helped Helena folks. In the next debate, which was the Channel 12 debate, she didn't do as great, but she still did pretty well, and it hurt McKee. Ashley Kalis on Tuesday night has to portray how she is different than Dan McKee. She has to. If if they come out of that and it's just a draw, then the biggest job to me she has is just to be a competent alternative, A competent alternative. I'm not going to do insider deals. I'm not going to give away $5 million contracts to my friends. I'm not going to be the subject of an FBI probe. I'm not doing all these special interest giveaways. Just a competent alternative. She has got to make people feel comfortable saying I'm voting for her. And she hasn't. done that as of yet all right let's see if we can reach our friend john francis on the line folks as we're uh, again it's a beautiful friday afternoon you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 909.9 fm folks joining us on the line right now is the defender of the faith is our friend john francis good afternoon john francis Hi, John. How are you? Very good on this beautiful Friday afternoon. John Francis, let's start off. Boy, uh, new arrivals earlier yesterday on your Facebook page. What can you tell us about those?
7: Yeah, so um, I finally got in uh, some very hard to get, uh, some uh, 270 and 30-odd-six. Uh, hunting ammo. I haven't seen that stuff in, in quite some time. Wow! Uh, and I and one of the, uh, I'm trying out a new distributor, and they happen to be selling the Kimber brand of uh, firearms. And so uh, I managed to grab a, a couple of full size on 45s. The two tone uh, custom two. Uh, that is a steel frame, not an alloy frame, so it's a full weight uh, size. Uh, that's only nine fifty. And the all stainless, uh, the stainless two model, uh, that's forty bucks more at
1: nine ninety. Wow! Now, John Francis, I'm also looking new late edition. Boy, that Ruger Tactical! Look at that! That's a beautiful looking rifle.
7: Yeah, and that's, uh, and being a twenty two, it's very economical to shoot, uh, and that's uh, that's brand new at three fifty
1: as well. Wow! Now, John Francis. Um, I also see some other things you got a new Beretta in? Is that still available?
7: Uh, I have two of them. Two of them. Uh, I have okay. the I have the original oh, yeah. M9 series, which yep. the government is still using with a lot of military units. Uh, and that has 10-round magazines as well. And I have another one of those uh, flat docker earth M9A4, which is the latest version that Beretta tried to sell the US government. Uh, before they chose the SIG And uh, so this one It has an accessory rail It's got the extended barrel uh, Factory night sights Three magazines uh, Ammo can style carry case oh. And it is optics ready So uh, all you gotta do is uh, Get the mount And you can put whichever, pretty much Whichever brand of optic That you like on there
1: Folks, again, we're speaking with John Francis, competition shooting supplies, my gun guy, four thirty-five Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Now, John Francis, before I let you go, let's hear your assessment. How did you ever think you'd see Russian troops waving the white flag of surrender?
7: No, Um, and uh, uh, I'm, you know, my uh, my girlfriend who's Russian is uh, was pretty surprised at that herself. Yeah, but. Given um, given what she's been hearing and what my other contact uh, I have in the country has been hearing and seeing, um, Mr. Putin has become extremely unpopular. Wow. Also, extremely unpopular. Huh. And uh, uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and make a prediction oh. that he is overthrown by the end of this year.
1: Oh, wait a minute. What time is it? I'm writing this to one fifty three. Whoa, John Francis, his birthday. So this could be his final birthday. But I'll tell I, you,
7: I think that he is—he's either going to be forced to step down, uh, be it for personal health reasons, uh, or Taken out. there's going to be an accident of some kind. Yeah,
1: John Francis, Ukraine military—they're retaking territories. They have totally shifted the momentum of the war.
7: Oh yeah, I mean they break the breakthroughs that they've made. They've essentially cut off the Russian army supply line.
1: Wow!
7: Oof. High stakes. So um, my guess is that the Ukrainian military has been holding back mm. and gathering up men and material for this for this for this offensive.
1: John Francis, I was speaking to someone yesterday. I'm going to let you go, but um, he was saying if they're surrendering now, wait till the winter time comes in. The Russian army. John Francis, they don't have it in them. They don't. They, this is not their war. They are not motivated. Uh, the people don't want this. You've seen all the people leaving the country. This really seems like the walls are, are closing in. and they're saying that Putin is like in a bunker.
7: Uh, th- th- that could be. I mean, uh, I just I read not too long ago an article by a retired U.S. military analyst, and um, you know, from what he what he has personally seen. Uh, Basically, what the uh, Russian government is doing with this mobilization is they're grabbing just ordinary people off the street. Wow. They're getting maybe a few days worth of training here's a uniform here's a rifle now, now go to the front holy cow
1: what are your what are the hours for competition shooting supplies today and what are the hours for tomorrow
7: so today uh, i'm open till six today and tomorrow we're open nine to four
1: all right folks he is john francis competition shooting supplies 435 benefit street patucket john francis great job as always and we'll talk to you again
7: Okay, John. Thank
1: you. All right, folks. There it is. Jay Francis checking in right now at one fifty-five on this Friday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, Forty Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I think right now it's Friday afternoon. It's beautiful outside. Maybe you haven't eaten yet. You could be sitting outside on the deck. It's going to be a big football weekend, Columbus Day weekend, Oktoberfest, and you could be at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, Forty Breakneck Hill Road. In Lincoln, Now, let's see if I can track down our friend, the Queen of Health, and that is Marie. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road. Maybe we're out on this Friday running some errands. You could pop by and uh, see her, folks, as, uh, this time of year and really all the time. You've... Folks, joining us on the line right now on this Friday before the Columbus Day weekend, it is the Queen of Health. It's Marie. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon. How are you, guys? Very good. Now, Marie, it is, is the sun out on Menden Road? Yes, it is. What a gorgeous day. What a gorgeous day to pop in. It is Columbus Day weekend. And, Marie, I have a feeling that today and tomorrow you're going to do tremendous amount of business of people that want to try some local products, maybe some honey, some maple syrup, or maybe some of those hemp and CBD products. Absolutely.
8: It is Fall, it's been feeling like fall. Today we get a little bit of Indian summer, right? But um, yeah, we're ready for some tea, some nice hot tea. Sit down, nice and quiet, watch a little TV, sip on some nice warm tea. Absolutely.
1: Now, Marie, also, folks, again, it's Marie, it's my health, 1099, Mendon Road in Cumberland. Marie, at the same time, you offer a variety of spices that not only add flavor to the food, But there's certain spices that people can put in that would also be good for them.
8: Oh, for sure. Cinnamon is one of the the most important ones. The Ceylon cinnamon, the true cinnamon, very anti-inflammatory, good for the blood. Great for this time of year. It's warming, right? So you add it into your oatmeal, you add it into your tea, into your coffee, anywhere that you can put the cinnamon. That would be It's so simple. You know, we don't think about that with something like good that kind of a space, but very, very important.
1: Folks, we're speaking with Marie, at it's My Health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. And Marie, also this time of year, people start raking the leaves. Sometimes somebody suddenly feels their back feels a little bit off. Maybe their a joint muscle feels off or a shoulder. What about some of those hemp and CBD products that you could recommend?
8: Topical CBD or oral CBD. We have it in gummies, we have it in oil can use that for for any kind of muscle pain um back pain and also we have some homeopathics arnica is is really good and we have some other um topicals as well that can be used
1: marie if someone comes in to 1099 Mendon road diagonally across from davenport restaurant i'm confident with your extreme commitment to service you will help them find the right product for them and their family
8: we do our very best. We ask a lot of questions, hoping to, to get to the bottom of what they're trying to solve. And um, we will recommend products or services or, you know, whatever it is that they may need to uh, to get better.
1: What are your hours for the re- re- remaining part of today, Friday? And what are your hours for tomorrow?
8: We'll be here till 530 today and tomorrow from nine to four.
1: Folks, she is the queen of health. It is our friend Marie. Marie. Have a great Columbus Day weekend. Please remember me to the luckiest man in Rhode Island, and we'll talk to you again.
8: Great. Have a great weekend, John. Thank you.
1: Folks, there it is. It is Maria. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. If you're listening right now, you could pop in there, say hello to her. She's so terrific. She's got great products. You get to shop local, support a local retailer. We're diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Well, folks, listen. Thank you for listening. It's John DiPietro. I want you to stay tuned for the two o'clock news. Have a great Oktoberfest. We're back on Tuesday.
0: WNRI Win Socket.